Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, we have been having fun with this series we've been doing the last several weeks called Soap. Everybody smell your neighbor. Just ask him, did you use your soap today? Come on, smell the other neighbor. Ask them. Some of you are literally doing that this morning. I know, a little uncomfortable. Hey, we've been having fun, though, with this series called Soap. And, of course, we should use soap every day for our body. But we've been learning about a different kind of soap. It's a soap for our soul. So everybody say, soap for your soul. Soap for our soul. And here's what we've been doing. Actually, in the month of July, we have two goals every year in July. We call it Bible Month here at LifeGate. And our two goals are this. is First of all, that you would get a love for the Word of God in your life. That you would just fall in love with the Bible. That you would learn how to read it for yourself. You would learn how to study it for yourself. That you would make it a habit. Something that you do on a daily basis. And we've challenged you in that in this month. But not only that, we want to not just get the Word of God in our hearts and in our lives, we actually want to get the Word of God to people around the world who do not have access to a Bible in their language. And so that's what this whole soap thing is really all about. And we have taught you a Bible study method called soap. Now, if you have been here, you already know what soap is all about. If you haven't been here over this last three or four weeks, you may not know what it's all about. I'll tell you that in your worship guide, there is a soap Bible reading plan. And if you haven't already joined us, You can join us. It explains how it works right there. You can also go back and check out the podcast for a little bit more in-depth explanation of how it works. But let's just catch everyone up with just a real quick review here today. The word soap stands for four different words. If you know what they are, I need you to say them out loud with me. The S stands for what? Scripture. The O stands for what? Observation. The A stands for? Application. And the P, of course, stands for? For prayer. And this is how this works. We have been, as a church, reading through the book of Acts together. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And so every day during this month, we have just taken one chapter and we read it. But this is what we do. We don't just read it. We actually pray and we ask God, God, we want to hear something for us from your word today. And so as we're reading the the chapter, then there's going to be, as God begins to speak to you, there's going to be a verse or so that sticks out to you. As that sticks out to you in your notes, in your journal, on your phone, whatever, you're going to write down scripture. You're going to write down that verse. Then you're going to get to the observation part. You say, what is it that I think God is saying to me? What is the observation that I see in this verse? You're going to write it in your notes and you get to the application. You say, God, how do you want me to apply this personally to my life? You write that down in your journal and in your notes and you wrap that up by writing out your prayer. God, help me to apply your word. Easy, right? How many would say everybody can do this? Come on, lift your hand like two of you. Raise your hand. How many would say everybody can do this? And as you're doing this, man, I know that God is doing awesome stuff in your life. And as we have been reading through the book of Acts together, each day as we study a chapter, then whatever chapter that is for the Sunday of that month, we're just studying it together. We're just kind of soaping it together. And so today we happen to be on Acts chapter 22. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open up your Bibles today or your phone, your LifeGate app, wherever you want to study the Bible today. Open up 
up to Acts chapter 22. In fact, this is going to be our scripture for today. As I'm studying through Acts chapter 22, there is a, I mean, there is a passage, a few verses that just, I mean, they just leap off the page at me. And they're found in Acts chapter 22 and verse number 6. And we're going to read through verse number 13. It's going to be on the screen there for you, or you can read along in your LifeGate app today. Let's look at it together. It says, about noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice. Everybody say, a voice. I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you will be told all that has been assigned for you to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliant light had blinded me. Verse 12, a man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Now, let me just give you a little background here. Some of you may remember the story of Saul. Saul was a bad dude. I mean, this guy, he was a murderer. He went around persecuting Christians. He would take them and pull them out of their house, and he would persecute them. He would beat them. He would have them killed. I mean, people everywhere, Christians everywhere, were scared to death of this guy, Saul. And Saul was traveling on the road to a place where he was going to persecute Christians. But right there in the middle of the road, all of the sudden, there was a a voice from heaven. All of a sudden, this guy Saul had an encounter with the word of God. Jesus himself began to speak to Saul. And I mean, it was a powerful thing. There was a blinding light. He was blind for three days, knocked knocked down off his horse. I mean, just, just an amazing encounter with God that completely changed this man's life. From this point forward, this man was never the same. And that's our observation for today. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. It's just a simple observation today, and that is this. One encounter with the Word of God can change your life. How many know that's true today? Man, when you encounter the living Word of God into your life, it can change you forever. Some of you are here today, and you've been going in one direction. You've been living your own life, doing your own thing, living the kind of life that you want to live. But even today, as the Word of God is being spoken, I believe that an encounter with the living, breathing Word of God can change you. Just like it changed Saul, it can change your life forever. In fact, as I study through this story of Saul here, I I see several different observations that just kind of jump out at me about the power, the life-changing power of the Word of God in our lives. If you're taking notes, you might want to write them down. The first one is this, is that when we encounter the Word of God, here's what happens. The Word of God has the power to shine a light upon us. Come on, how many know that's true? It shines its light. In fact, look what it says in verse number 6. Suddenly... A bright light. Everybody say bright lights. A bright light from heaven flashed all around me. Now, now here's Paul. He's going about his business. He's doing his thing. He's persecuting Christians. And suddenly, 
out of nowhere, this light from heaven comes down and it appears upon him and shines down upon him. And here's what happens. This light begins to illuminate some stuff in Saul's life. It begins to shine upon the sinfulness of his life. Because of the light, Saul began to see things differently. And how many know that's the power of the word of God in our lives? That it has the power to shine a light on the dark areas of our lives. In fact, some of you have experienced this before. Some of you have been to church before. You get here and you're sitting in church and the pastor starts to preach and suddenly you're like, man, he's talking about me. Come on, how many ever been there before? Like, what in the world? Like, this guy, he's been following me around. What is going on? Does he have like some hidden cameras somewhere? Maybe some hidden microphones. Maybe he's got a drone that he just following me around everywhere because, man, he's just telling my whole story. He's just talking about everything that's going on in my life. Come on, you ever experienced that before? And what is that? Man, that's the power of the word of God to, to illuminate upon your life. In fact, I've been accused even before of, of creating sermons just for specific situations like, Pastor, you preach that sermon just for me. And I will tell you, I don't do that. In fact, I'll tell you this, like most of the time my sermons are about four or five weeks ahead. I have no idea what you're going to be going through four or five weeks from now. I really don't. And even if I did create a message just for you, that would be the Sunday you didn't come. I know that's just the way that it works. Because here's the deal. It's not me knowing your life and then speaking specifically to you. You know what it is? It's God knowing your life. And his word illuminating the areas of your life that are in darkness and pointing out the areas that there is a need for change. That's the power of the word of God. That Saul was going about his business, but all of a sudden a light from heaven came down and began to illuminate what was truly happening in Saul's heart. And that's the power of the word of God for you. This is why it's so important that we know how to read God's word for ourselves and study it for ourselves. It's why we're doing what we're doing this month because God's word has the power to shine light in every situation of your life. Notice number two, the second observation I see is that God's word doesn't just shine a light, but look what it does. God's word demands an answer. In fact, look what happens in verse number seven. Saul says, I fell to the ground and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? In other words, Saul says, there was a voice. The word of God came to me, and this is what it did. It asked me a question, and here was the question. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you living the way that you're living? And there was an answer that was demanded. See, that was a question that couldn't just be left on its own. It wasn't a question that could just be ignored. In fact, how many know when the blinding light comes down from heaven and a voice speaks to you, you better answer the question. You know what I'm saying? And here's the deal is this is the same power that the word, the written word of God has for every single one of us. That when it speaks to our lives, it demands an answer. When God's word speaks to situations in our lives, guess what, guys? We better answer it. It calls us to a place, a place of decision. Now, here's what we like to do sometimes. We can be sitting in church or reading your Bible, hear a sermon, whatever, and the Word of God can shine a light on an area that needs to be changed, and it can, it can cause us to come to a place where there's an answer that is needed. You know what we like to do most of the time is kind of ignore it. Just push it to the side. That must be for someone else. That's a good sermon, Pastor. I know somebody who needed to hear that today. In fact, I could tell you their name, you know. No, no, it was you that needed it. Come on, how many know what I'm saying? Right? And here's the way we do. Like, we, try, we like to ignore it, kind of act like it wasn't for us. But here's, here's what you need to know. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Ignoring God's word is the same as disobeying it. See, there's really, no, there's really only two choices, obey 
or disobey. And when God's word, when we come into an encounter with God's word, you can either obey or disobey. And if you ignore it or if you put it off, what you have really done is you have disobeyed. You see, there's really a choice that needs to be made that when the word of God speaks to us, when we encounter his word, it calls us to a place, a place of answer. In fact, this is what the scripture says about in Hebrews 4 and verse 12. It says, for the word of God is, is what? Everybody say it aloud, is alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Here's what the Bible says that the scripture does when we encounter the living word of God. Here's what it does. It cuts past all the junk. It cuts past all the excuses. It cuts past all of the stuff that we say, well, that wasn't for me and all that. No, no. And it cuts right down to the heart of the matter. It cuts past all of the stuff right to the, right to the attitudes of our heart. And it calls us to an answer, obey or disobey. See, the power of the word of God... It changes us if we will allow it. It'll shine a light on situations. It will demand an answer. Number three, here's what the power of the word of God has to do. It it will lead us where we need to go. In fact, this is what we see happen with Saul. Look at verse 10. What shall I do, Lord, he asked. The Lord said, get up and go to Damascus. And there you will be told all that has been said and has been assigned to you. And my companion led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. Here's Saul. I mean, obviously, he doesn't know where to go or how to get there. He's blind, right? And so in order to get where he needs to go, he needed a word from God to come and to direct him, to lead him to the place that God was leading him to. And here's the deal. Some of us in our lives, we get blinded by all the distractions and all of the stuff and we want to go where God wants us to go but we don't know where we're supposed to be going and what we're supposed to be doing and what we need is we need God's word to guide us in fact this is what the scripture says in Psalm 119 105 it says your word is a what you all know it is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path here's the thing some of you are here today and you've got decisions that need to be made and you don't know what to do things that you don't know what to do about work things that you don't know what to do about relationships things that you don't know what to do about finances. And here's the thing is the temptation for us so many times is to go to all kinds of other sources. Man, we don't know what decision to make, so let me Google it, find out, see what Google has to say about it, you know. I mean, let me, let me read a book about it. Let me go to a conference or listen to, listen to my friends and ask my family. And so many times we even ask people that, you know, like don't even have a clue. Like you were asking somebody has been divorced three times, what to do about marriage issues. I mean... That ain't going to work, right? And we ask all these questions of everything else except for the real source of where we can truly get wisdom. And here's the real source is it's the word of God that's the lamp for our feet and the light for our path that wants to give us wisdom and direction when we, when we don't know where to go and when we don't know what to do. In fact, that's why, that's why we've been teaching you this month that you need this daily It's not enough just like on a Sunday to come hear a sermon. That's important, and you should do that, and that's how you should start your week. But guess what? You need to open the Bible and read it for yourself daily because it's not just in the big decisions. It's even in the small decisions that God wants to lead you and direct you for your day, for your life. In fact, I was was thinking about this this week as I was looking over my message and preparing. and stuff. I was thinking about how God has led me so many times through 
through the Word of God and how I might have missed it if I hadn't been reading the Word. I was thinking about, you, you all know the story of how God called us here from West Texas to come here and plant this church and the struggle that we had. And then one day I was reading my Bible and God gave me a verse and in Psalm 128 and verse 1 says, Blessings on all who reverence and trust the Lord, on all who obey Him. Your reward will be prosperity and happiness. Your wife will be content in your home. Look at all those children there. They sit around the dinner table vigorous and healthy like young olive trees. That is God's reward to those that reverence and trust Him and how when I got that scripture from God on that day that we knew we were supposed to come here and plant the church. And here's the thought that I had this past week. Man, I, at that time, I was reading through my Bible, one-year Bible, read it every day, did soap, did study, all that. And the thought that came to my mind is if I had not been reading my Bible every day, I might have missed a major step that God had for my life. Some of you wondering why I don't have any direction, why I'm missing the steps that God has for me. And maybe it's because you haven't made it a daily habit to open up the word of God and let it lead you on a daily basis. If you're not reading it every day, you might be missing steps that God is wanting for you to take. This is what the word of God has the power to do. It has the power to shine its light on us, to demand us to a place of of action, to to lead us where he wants us to go. Number four, it has the power to open our eyes. Everybody say, open your eyes. This is what happens in verse 12. Look, a man named Ananias came to see me, and he was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Now check this out. Before the word of God came to Saul, he saw things one way. But after an encounter with the word of God, he saw things completely different. See, that's what the word of God does. It has the power to change the way we see things. It has the power to change our perspective. It has the power to change our hearts, to change our attitudes, even to change the way that we think. Because here's the thing. This this is why it's so important. We need the word of God in our lives every day is because every day we have all kinds of other influences. Isn't it true? I mean, every day, man, you just, I mean, you just get in your car and turn on the radio and there are voices that are trying to lead you away from what the word of God says. Come on, you, you open up your, your Facebook and you just scroll through the news feed and there are hundreds of people that are speaking words of influence, influencing you so far away from what God's plan and his word is for your life. You turn on the news, you watch movies everywhere that you go. There are thousands and thousands of voices that are trying to lead us in a direction that's completely opposite of what God's plan and his word says for our lives. And then we think it's enough to just come to church on Sunday and hear a 30-minute sermon, and that's somehow going to influence us to go in the right direction when we have hours of influences to go in the wrong direction. Come on. And so what do we need? What we really need is we need the word of God in our lives on a consistent basis because here's what it does. It changes our mentality. It changes the way we see things. Instead of having a worldly worldview, we start to have a biblical, godly worldview. We start to think different. And then when you think different, you start to act different. And when you act different, you start to get different results in your life. And some of us don't like the results that we've got in our lives today. And the reason is because we've been so influenced by everything but the word of God that we think the way the world thinks and then we act the way the world thinks and then we wonder why we're not getting the results that God wants for our lives. Come on, I came to preach today. I don't know if y'all came to amen or not. I didn't mean to get that excited, but I just did. That's what the word does. So here's the deal. God's word is powerful. 
has the power to change our lives by showing us, by leading us, by demanding us to a place of answer, by opening our eyes to see things in a different way than we've ever seen them or experienced them before. So you say, well, what's the application? Well, the application is simply this. we got to get the Word of God in our life. In fact, I see three really applications. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. If the Word of God is so powerful, here's what we've got to do. We've got to, first of all, accept its authority. Everybody say authority. We've got to accept the word of God as the authority of our lives. We've got to we've got to make it the standard that we live by. It must be the compass for direction of our lives. It must be the counsel for every decision that we make. It must be the benchmark for evaluating every single area of our life. That every decision we make, every relationship that we have, every life, that everything that we do in life, everything must come down to the word of God. It must be the first and the last word in everything that we do. The problem is, for so many of us, is that we live our lives according to unreliable sources. Don't we? Like, we make our decisions according to unreliable sources. Like, I mean, we make our decisions based on, you know, what does culture say? What's everybody doing? You know, hey, what's popular, right? Come on, I'll just do what everybody else is doing. Or maybe we base our decisions in our life sometimes on tradition. You know, it's like, hey, this is the way we've always done it, so let's just keep doing it the way that we've always done it. Or maybe we base our lives based upon based upon feelings. Come on, right? A lot of our decisions are just like, hey, I felt like that was the right decision. Or maybe it's on logic. We think, well, I can, I can, I'm smart enough to figure it out and make good decisions. I'll get other smart people to help me make good decisions. And here's the problem with all of those different sources that we base our decisions in our lives on is they're all flawed. Come on, right. How many would say culture is flawed? Popularity is flawed. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. In fact, my mama told me when I was growing up, if everybody jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Right? Come on. And yet we base our decision on what's everybody else doing? But that's a flawed, that's a flawed thing to build our lives on. We build our lives on tradition. And here's the deal. Like we, just because that's all the way we've always been done, it doesn't mean that's the way it ought to be done. In fact, sometimes we do stuff we don't even know why we're doing it anymore, right? Or we base it on, we base it on logic. And we think, well, you know, I can be smart enough to figure it out. But, you know, the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to destruction. Based on feelings, you can't trust feelings because you're one way. One day you feel one way, next day you feel another way. One minute you feel one way, next minute you feel another way. And they're all flawed foundations. And if you build your life upon them, if you make your decisions based upon these foundations, then what's going to happen when struggles and storms come? Your foundation is going to be is going to be shaken. So here's what we need: we need a perfect standard to live our lives by, and there's only one. What is that perfect standard? It's God's word. In fact, look what the scripture says about it in Proverbs 30 and verse 5. Everybody say this with me. The word of the Lord is what? Is flawless. The scripture says it like this in Psalm 119 and 96. It says, nothing is perfect except what? Your word. His word is the perfect standard. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, hey, when you hear my words and you obey them, it's like you're doing this. It's like you're building your house 
upon a firm foundation. It's like the man who built his house upon the rock. And when struggles came and when storms came and when things came, his life was able to stand because he had built it upon a firm foundation. And so many of us are building our lives on shifty, sandy foundations. And then we wonder why they're not standing up and standing the test of life. And it's because we haven't built it upon the right foundation. And so we've got to settle the issue. Everybody say, settle the issue. Settle the issue. You've got to decide today. God's word will be the authority of my life. I will live by it. I will obey it. Even when I don't understand it. Even when it's not popular. Even when I don't like it. How many know there are sometimes and God's word will say something you, just, you don't like, but you know it's right. Even when it's not easy. Even when it's uncomfortable. I am making the decision that God's word will be the foundation, the authority of my life. I'm going to surrender to its authority. Number two, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to assimilate its truth. How many know here's the thing? It's not enough, it's not enough to just hear the word of God every once in a while. You need, it, you need it every day. You need it in your life on a consistent basis so that it gets inside of you. This is what David was talking about in Psalm 119 and verse 11. He says, I will hide his word in my heart. Man, I got to get it inside of me. In Psalm 119, 97, he says, I love your teachings and I think about them all day long. I'm getting them in my heart. I'm getting them in my mind. Here's Here's what's so sad is that we have the Bible readily available to us. In fact, for centuries you, you couldn't have your own Bible. In fact, you had to, if you wanted to hear scriptures you, for centuries, you had to go to the priest and have the priest read it to you. And even then, it would be in a language sometimes you didn't even understand, and they would read it to you in Latin. And now, though, I mean, for the last century or so, we've gotten to a place where we have the Word of God readily available to us. You don't have to wait for me to tell you the Word of God because you have it. Many of you have them all on your shelves. If you don't have them on, on a shelf at home, you got it in your pocket because you can get now a Bible app that has, I mean, dozens of even different versions of English Bibles. And here's the deal. We have it readily available to us, and yet we don't open it. We have wisdom that we need for our lives, life-changing knowledge, the actual word, living, breathing word of God for our lives, and yet we don't, we don't use it. There are people in the, in the world who would die for the access that we have. In fact, there are places in the world where it's illegal to even own a Bible. If you, own, if you were found out to own a Bible, you could be thrown into prison. You could be beaten, even, even killed for, open, for owning a Bible. There are places where missionaries have to smuggle Bibles in so that people can have them. I've heard stories of how they would put Bibles in car parts and they would smuggle them over the border so that people could have them in these illegal, illegal places. I heard about this one place where, where the, the Bible was so, it was so illegal and it was so rare for Christians to even be able to have it that this is what they would do. They would take a Bible and they would cut it into little four by four inch squares with just three or four verses on it and they would hide it in their shoes so that they could get it across the border and then they would take those little three or four verses, little squares and they would read them and study them and memorize them and meditate on them. And then they, when they were finished, they would find another Christian and they would trade it with them and they would keep it in their shoe everywhere that they went because it was so precious to them. Just a couple of months ago, I guess about six weeks ago actually now, I was at the Fire Bible Conference and they were talking about how in this one country it was illegal to have Bibles and they were trying to get the Fire Bibles into these missionaries so that they could distribute, distribute them to Christians. And so they, no lie, they hid them in a truck full of women's undergarments. 
You tell me God don't got a sense of humor. You talk about being undergirded by the word of God. Come on, that's funny right there. I don't even care who you are. That's funny right there. And yet we don't even, we have it in our pocket and we don't read it. Come on. We've got to assimilate it into our life. Number three, write this one down. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to apply. Everybody say apply. We've got to apply its truths. In fact, look what, look what Jesus says about it in John chapter 13, verse 17. He says, now that you know these things, talking about the word of God, you will be blessed since you know them. Is that what it says? That's not what it says. What, what does it say? Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you write them down in your notebooks. Is that what it says? No, no. Okay, okay. Here's what it says. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you use soap Bible study method every day. Is that what it says? No. What does it say? John 13, 17. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you what? If you do them. Guess what, guys? It's not just enough to hear the word. It's not just enough to read it. Even study it every day. Hey, I'm great because I did the Acts thing in July and we did the soap bust Bible study every day. That's important and you should do that. But guess what, guys? It's not enough just to read or study the Word of God. You have to do it. That's the power. The power is when we apply it and when we live it in our lives. In fact, this is what James was saying in James 1 and verse 22. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. For anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like a person who looks at his face in the mirror, but after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks in Intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what he's heard, but what? But doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Here's what James is saying. James is saying, it's not enough to just hear it. You got to do it. You got to apply it. You got to live it. In fact, he compares it to a mirror. Now, how many of you, you looked at a mirror before you came to church this morning? Raise your hand. Come on. Those of you that, of you that didn't look, we know. We can tell that you didn't. <laughs> and here's the thing. When you look in the mirror, what, what does the mirror do for you? Does the mirror change your appearance? What does it do? It just shows you what you look like. So you look in the mirror, you get up in the morning, oh my goodness, I got to do something about my hair. Oh my, I need to shave. Some of the ladies, oh, I need to put some makeup on, you know. Oh man, I got a booger in my nose. I need to fix that. (laughs) Whatever it is. And here's the deal. How many know if you looked in the mirror and you saw that you needed to do something about your appearance and then you walked away and didn't do anything, that mirror did absolutely nothing to change you. All it did was show you who you are, show you what you look like. And this is what the Word of God does. See, sometimes we get this mistake that, well, if I just went to church and heard the Bible, or if I just read the Bible, that that would change me. Yes, it'll change the way you think, but it's not going to change your life until you hear and study and read the Word and then walk away and actually do it. And the deception is so many times I went to church and I heard a sermon, so now... I'm going to be a different person, and that's not how it works. It's I go to church, I hear a sermon, I read the Bible, I put it in my life, I let it change the way I think, and then I begin to act it out. That's why that soap thing has the application part. That's the most important part. How do I apply this, and what do I do? That's what's going to change my life. The Scripture, we see it right there in Acts chapter 22 observations the word of God can change your lives it's going to shine some light it's going to show you some stuff it's going to call you to a place of action and give you a different perspective it's going to lead you and guide you and show you where you go and application is man I got to make it the authority of my life I got to get it inside of me and I got to do it so that it will change me so what's the prayer the prayer is this God 
Let your word penetrate my heart. Let it cut past all the stuff, all the excuses that I make, and let it let it change me from the inside out. And then after it's changed me, let me get it to others so it can change them. In fact, that's what we see with Saul, that when Saul had an encounter with the word of God, it changed him, but it didn't just stay with him. He went all over the world preaching the word of God so that it could change others. And isn't that our vision here at LifeGate, changing lives in a changing culture with what? The unchanging truth of the word of God, that I let God's word change me, and then I get it to others so that it can change them. And then what happens is it can change the world. It starts right here and right now. But let's come to a place where we say, I know the word of God is powerful and it's important. I got to get it in me and I got to get it to others who don't have it. 